welcome to the Stanley Street Social Podcast presented by MAP. My name is Alex Clements and today on the show we've got Campbell Flakemore and Tour de France Stage 3 winner Caleb Ewan joining us on the podcast to discuss the last week, go through each stage, um, how Caleb found it. We talk, we, we do a, a, an analysis on his Stage 3 victory which uh, isn't ideal for the audio format but if you do want to see the video that we're talking about, uh, you can head to our YouTube channel or I'll also post it on our socials. Uh, it's about midway through the podcast. We go through his victory, the decisions that he makes to go left, right, uh, how close he was to the barriers, how he's feeling confidence-wise, uh, and what all came together to be a, a very successful day for the Australian sprinter. A special thank you to our podcast partner, MAP. If you do need any cycling apparel, they produce the best in the business in terms of quality and design. And you can check out their full range at map.cc. I hope you enjoy this podcast. There's heaps to talk about. We talk about pressure. We talk about how he's looking coming into the second week, his climbing ability, how hard it's been over the last three days. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to, welcome back to the podcast, Caleb Ewan. How are you? Good, thank you. Here where are you? Rest day. I don't know where I am, actually. Um... I'm on the west coast of France somewhere. Um, That's the most like cyclist response ever. I don't know yeah. where I am. I'm in a hotel <laughs> somewhere in France. Four and a half hours away from where I finished yesterday and I'm on the west coast and I think I might, oh no, I'm not on the island. I'm You're kind of near Bordeaux. I think so, yeah. Mm. Are you yeah. Uh, buckled? Um, no, I'm not buckled, but the last few days were really hard. Two days ago, I had like a really, really bad day where I went too deep to try to hang on with a bunch. And then I went like over what I could do. Hold on a second, someone in my room. Hi. Hi. No, it's okay. I don't need, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. It's all right. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Thank you. Bye. Trip in. Cleaner. <laughs> um, I guess just look. It looks so hard this tour. Yeah, it's been really hard actually. Like, how many sprint days? Especially for you guys. But even the sprint days, like the sprint day that I won, had like two and a half thousand meters of climbing in it. Mm. Uh, the first stage obviously was like. Super hard. Um, Crosswind day. Then the other sprint where I was like, I don't know, I was top 10 somewhere, but it wasn't a great one. It was like the last 5Ks were like super hard as well. Um, so it hasn't been like r- that many like real sprints. We've got two coming up after this. We've got, yeah, two, I think, completely flat days coming up after the rest day. And then basically it's just mountains until... Uh, let's start with stage one. Mm. It was pretty hectic. Oh, it was carnage that day. <laughs> like half the half the bunch went down. Yeah. How many times did you bin it? I only binned it once, um, but it was at a bad time because there was a crash on the finishing straight. Then we went through Nice a little bit, like a few k's through Nice, 
and then I crashed. But the crash before was the one that Phil crashed in. So the team car was with him getting his bike and everything ready and making sure he was all right. Then I crashed. And then I had to wait for the second car. So, like, there's all the team cars and then the, the second cars and, like, the next convoy. And I had to wait for the second car to come through. And this was at the bottom of the climb. So I was waiting there for, like, a few minutes to get my my bike. Um, so I was already so far behind, like, out, out of the convoy and everything. And then I basically had to go full gas up the climb, which, I mean, like, in the bunch for me is also already a struggle. And then I had to try to catch them. And then uh, and then I went down and descent, like, super quick because I knew that was my only chance to, to make up time. Um, so I went down there quick and then I had another teammate wait for me in the, in the next valley. And then, yeah, he took me back to the bunch, but then in the end, the bunch neutralized on the last descent. So I probably didn't have to go as hard up the climb, but then, yeah, I never knew that it was going to be neutralized on the last descent. But, um, yeah, by then I was already pretty tired because of yeah, the effort before, but then in the sprints, like, I don't know if I would have had the legs to win it, but I would have had the legs to yeah, have like a much better result, but then we got kind of squeezed on the ride. And then in the last K I had to like my, t- my lead out guy, he jammed on the brakes in front of me. Now I ran into the back of him and then I just like, lost all my momentum. And then I was trying to come back in the last K, but it was just so hard. And, um, yeah, then I was, wasn't able to sprint. When was the last time it rained in Nice? I think it was like three or four months. So it was just super the was greasy as. Yeah. Plus the race caravan were throwing soap bombs on the road as well. <laughs> Is that, so that so that's legit. Yeah. There's soap all over the road. <laughs> like if you see like uh uh like the helicopter picture of where I crashed, you just see like white foam all over the road. <laughs> it's crazy. You would have known you would have known like the parkour though, like the back of your hand, hey, you would have like known all the yeah. descents. Yeah, I knew the descents quite well. Um, once I went from the back of the bunch to the front of the bunch in one descent, yeah. which is good. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think I made up like a minute and a half when I was coming back to the bunch on the next descent. Look out. Because, yeah, it was wet, so the bunch was going down pretty slowly. What was like when Astana... Went to the front and hooked it on the downhill. <laughs> Did it, was everyone just ripping them? Well, that was that was the same descent that I was trying to come back on. Yeah. Okay. So I like I think I made up yeah like a minute or a minute and a half on that descent. Yeah. Um, which is pretty sketchy, but I was like, yeah, if I am going to get back, this is I'm not going to get back on the climb. So yeah, I have to try to get back. You were willing yeah. to you were willing to risk your life for a chance at the yellow jersey. Well, yeah, I mean, not risk my life, but I knew, like, I kind of knew my limits. I didn't really, like, I wasn't, there was never a moment where I was, like, sliding or anything like that. So, yeah, I had it, I had it pretty under control, but um, I knew, like, from the previous times in the descent in the bunch that were going, like, yeah, no one was risking it too much. It's like all the GC riders, obviously, and their teams don't want to risk it because, yeah, you don't want your GC rider out on day one and, I mean, no teams want any runs out on day one, so they were going down pretty, yeah, pretty cruisy. Um, and then everyone's got, like, different tyres and stuff. Some guys have really bad tyres in the rain. We have really good tyres in the rain, so um, I'm, I'm lucky about that. But, 
Yeah. What were, the, what were the ice skates in the in the twenty thirties? Victorias. Well, I'm on Victorias now, but and they're uh, real good. They're much better now. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they weren't great back then. I think we didn't have good ones either. What are the what are the, what's the vibe when the riders know there's some cowboy out the road in a soap machine, chucking soap on the road? It's a bucketing down with rain. It's a wet tarmac. It's the first stage of the tour. There's the, like nervous energy everywhere. Like, well, we didn't know that. We didn't know there were soap bombs on the road. We only realised after that there were throwing soap bombs on the road. Surely, surely someone's heads on the chopping block for that. Even in the dry, what? How? How is that ever a good idea? Oh, it's obviously a sponsor of the race, Alby. They're part of the caravan. <laughs> They're playing big bucks. They're getting their soap out on the road at all costs. Yeah. Oh, so well, village. Uh, yeah, I think it was good publicity for them. But you know, the tour said nothing about it. So, yeah. Um, what was it? What was the sensations after stage one? Because you obviously lost. Two big boys in uh, Degan, Colburn, Phil Jill. Was the morale a little bit down? Yeah, I guess it was a little bit down. I was pretty sad because, like, my big goal for the tour this year was to try to get the yellow jersey on that first stage because, yeah, of course. like, it's not every year that that we have the opportunity. Um, but, yeah, it didn't happen and, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with that, but, yeah, there's other. There was obviously other stages to win, and um, my main lead-out guys were still in the race. So I, like, I wasn't like I didn't lose too much confidence then. But it's you know it's always it's always handy just having, especially when the uh, the teams are down to eight as well. Now it's always handy having you know, two extra guys, and to have two less already from the from the first stage was gonna yeah always gonna make it a bit harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're down to five. One of our riders out timed them yesterday. So yeah, yeah. we don't have that many guys, which is not ideal, but I'm sure we'll cope. On the SBS uh, tracker, you were a DNF, so there was a bit of confusion around yesterday's stage. Were you aware of that? A bit of a few messages coming in. Yesterday's stage. Yeah, on the like you were you were finished like in the bunch on the results, but then you click on the people that DNF'd. There was Aru and who was your teammate that didn't finish? Yeah, and then there was also you and Roger that were the DNFs, but that was obviously just on the tour tracker. It was just a mistake on their end, I guess. Yeah, so I think I was it was the same the day before. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was in like a group of like 70 or 80 guys yesterday, I think. Yeah. I got a panic call from Campbell this morning. Caleb's, Caleb's DNF'd. <laughs> yeah, luckily. Like, I, I've been in like big trouble the last two days. I had to have my. Uh, teammates wait for me like two days ago roger waited for me and uh yeah we were just like two up for probably uh, 70 or 80k and then we fought the Colorado three k's to go <laughs> <laughs> um then yesterday jasper and roger waited for me because like basically like the day before what happened was i tried to hang in the bunch too long and I really blew. And like when I blow, it's like it's not going from like 400 watts to 350. It's like going from 400 to 200, and I can't go any harder. Um, so this time we're like, all right, when we get to the first cat one, we just drop straight away and just ride a tempo that, that you can hold. So that those guys stayed with me. I just rode what tempo I knew I could hold for the pretty much the whole climb. 
And then, yeah, we knew like we'd probably be a few minutes behind Gruppetto. And then we just, we had like a fair bit of valley. So we went down to 10 pretty quick. Then Roger and uh, Jasper just like pulled full gas in the valley. And then we got to this massive Gruppetto of like 60, 70 guys. And then once you're in big Gruppetto like that, you're, you're basically safe. So um, yeah, I'm lucky I have guys like that to wait for me because yeah, if I'm by myself there, like Steph, he was with us and then he got dropped from us. And once you're by yourself, it's like, it's especially when long, long, long valleys, like big group pedo rolling through, you, you can go super quick when you're by yourself, like you're not going so quick. Mm. Yeah. Do you, like what's your climbing condition like? Terrible at the moment. I'm, I think I'm definitely the worst climber in the tour. Um, even at my best, I'm probably like not, not, not one of the best. That's for sure. Derek, it's, do you reckon at your best you're better? Like light fella, normally climb well, good enough uphill kicks. Yeah, but just like my genetics don't let me do it. Like I just can't I can't climb for a long time. Like as soon as the climb is more than like 15, 20 minutes, my body's just like, oh, can't do it. <laughs> um so yeah, I don't know, like I, and it's something that like I can't train for too much because if I train more for that, then it's going to take away from my sprint. So yeah, just to focus on what I'm good at and then just struggle through the mountains. I have my teammates to help me. And then when it comes to a sprint day, then I know that, yeah, then I'm one of the fastest. So I prefer to stay one of the fastest and be really bad at climbing than become better at climbing mediocre and sprinting. Yeah. 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 So, bit, how do you so if you like um, your climbing conditions down a touch? How's your sprint? Well, my sprints like pretty much stays the same unless I train for something different. Like if I train, if I just train fully for climbing, then it's definitely going to take away from my sprint. But it's like you know when I was under twenty threes, I could climb quite good, but then I was like probably seven or eight kilos lighter than I am now. So like mm. your body, your body changes so much from when you're younger to seven or eight years you put on in like five, six years. Yeah. Big boy. Wow. Like muscles and everything, they grow way more now than like they're way bigger now than, than what they used to be. Cause what like, are you weigh, what are you weighing at now? What are you weighing at? Like 68. Yeah. Okay. And then when I was, well, middle of lockdown, I was like 72. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now i'm back down it's like yeah i'd say 67 68 is my good it's race good weight. money yeah. and then like when i was under 23s i was like in junior i was like 60 61 and and is like is the horsepower huge compared to the under 23s with that weight you'd hope so yeah like i'm way stronger like uh just in general um my max power probably hasn't gone up like a huge amount, but like getting to the sprints and everything better. Like I'm, I'm much better like that. I can get the sprint way fresher. When I, when I first turned pro and I was going into a world tour sprint, like usually I would be dead by the time the sprint comes. Whereas now obviously I can still sprint at the end of a lead out or yeah, at the end of a, a hard stage. Whereas before I, I never was able to. Yeah. 
What, um, so like Campbell touched on, you lost two guys uh, after the first day. You didn't get that yellow jersey you were hunting. How, how much difference does it make having two less guys compared to when you're going against Bennett, Quickstep, and they've got the full squad just going hell for leather? Um, or where does it make a difference? Like what? what's the... Well, yeah, I mean, definitely makes a difference because, you know, like... Two extra guys. but Two extra guys is like at least a kilometre extra in the end. So yeah, I think you can imagine like if Jasper, he was on the front with a K to go, if we had two extra guys in front of him, then you can mm-hmm. do like a proper leader. Whereas now you have to take more risks and like sit in the bunch a bit longer, sit in the bubble where it's like harder to stay together. Um, so it's just... When you do a lead out, you can like eliminate a lot of risks. Whereas when you don't do a lead out, there's lots of risks involved with like you know, getting squeezed off the wheel, someone crashing in front of you, getting boxed in and all, all that kind of stuff. So now we just have to take more risks. And that's why you saw in the, the stage that I won, a second wheel with a kilometer to go, but then I dropped back into the bunch because I can't just sit second wheel and try to yeah. win the- um, So I had to take that risk and sit back into the bunch and sit in the bubble where it's a bit easier. And then just hope that I can get through in the end. But I mean, a lot of the time it doesn't open up for you. And like, I'll just be sitting in the wheels. I can't get out. Whereas yeah. I was lucky that time that I was actually able to get out. Mm. Was it a proper, was it a proper headwind on that on stage three? The one you won? I don't think so because I mean, like a super fast sprint will be like a 72 K an hour. Whereas, this sprint time maxed at like 70k an hour. So, I mean, it was like, it was like a still quick, it was a proper block headwind. Um, yeah, like sprinting at 62, 63k an hour, maybe, especially when it's like this was a slight uphill as well. It was still sprinting at 70k an hour up a slight, like a real slight uphill. Mm. Um, I don't think there was as much wind as people said there were, that said there was. So you were just going that quick because everyone was going backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was going really quick through the like when I came through. Um, yeah. I knew when I was – I already knew from before I passed Sargon that if I got through, I was going to win because I I, you can feel how much quicker you're going than everyone else. So I knew like, all right, if I clear Sargon on the right on the barrier, then I know I'm, I'm coming with so much speed that I'll go past Bennett in the front. Mm. How close were you to the barrier? Was it was it tight? Like we were talking, it's like these things just happen so, so quick. Like you're saying, you're in like 70K an hour and you're making these decisions. Yeah. It's like, bang, I'm going through there. Like don't even think about it or yeah, what's like, it like you're 70 in a bunch kick? It's like, like slow motion. You're really like you're making the calculation in your head. All right, I can see Sargon drifting over. And I know how fast I'm coming. And I'm like, all right, if he keeps drifting at that rate and I and I keep coming at this rate, then I'm just going to get through. But then you can't, like, you can always try to calculate what the other riders are going to do. Like, you can kind of see from their movements where they're going. Yeah. Um, but what you can't predict is, like, I don't know if Sargon's going to be drifting, drifting, and then just, like, close the door completely. Um, so that, that's where the risk is because... I can kind of calculate that, yeah, at this rate I'm going to get through, but then I, I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's going to do. So 
I know there's always the risk that he's just going to shut the door. Um, but yeah, luckily he didn't. Should we get the footage up, Campbell? Yeah, get the footage up, Albie. Bring the clip up. Let's have a look at the overhead. New little I'm feature. excited to see it again. Look at this. Here we go. Let's, uh, let's boost that out a bit. Bruce, he's not even let's, in the picture. Let, yeah, let's just stop here. We, ha- we haven't even started. You're not even there. That's 300 meters to go there. Like they just went through 300 to go. No, Caleb. And that's no, Saga hitting out in front now. So you yeah. you just make the picture here. Like yeah. I've just gone back, I think past card. Yeah. Back um, at three hundred to go. E we like, oh, this could go pear shaped. No, not really at the time at that time. But see, it went from like really hectic, like block the road basically like a hundred meters earlier, to now it's kind of thinned out a lot. Um hmm. and I was already yeah, what what am I I went from basically like 100 meters earlier, 17th wheel, to now I'm sixth wheel. Um, are you are you sprinting here? Like the afterburners on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, or are you still kind of still kind of loading things, winding up? it up? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was probably I was sprinting, but I was not at full speed yet. I think you can still see when I'm coming past Bennett in the end that I'm still accelerating. Yeah, yeah. Like Wait, Good always pushing to the line. I'm just going to roll the tape here because this part is sick. Get ready to pause the tape again. Where do you want it? Now, pause the Ta! tape. Like, pause the tape. Threading, like, I love it that the title of this clip is Threading the Needle. Threads the Needle. <laughs> Look at that. Like, you, like, were you ever thinking of going left? Or was it like, I'm going right? Um. Well, if you go back, like, a few seconds. Rewind the tape, Albie. Sure. Rewind it a little bit, a bit more. Back to kind of where we were. All right. So, like, here. So you've, you've got a decision to make here. Here, the, Yeah, here the left's open. But I knew the fastest rider. Well, I mean, the fastest rider in this scenario is going to be Bennett. I saw Bennett on the right. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to. Yeah, chase after him because on the left you've got like Hugo Hosfeder who's not super quick, Trenton who's not super quick. You and got Zolo as well. Zolo who's already fading, I think, or maybe he's just starting. Sargon who's fading because he's already started. Yeah. Um. So I knew like if Bennett could get through that gap there, that yeah, following him was probably the best best way. Um. But then I didn't know that Sargon was going to start drifting right. But then I already committed to it. Yeah, I already committed by then. So then I just had to had to go for it. And I saw he wasn't drifting over too quickly. Because this, this, like this decision here, like this is, it's. I find this super interesting. Because if you go left, if you follow um, out to the left, he dies in the ass. If you follow Nazolo, he goes backwards. But when you when you play it when you play it again, there's going to be the left side's fully closed. So it's super lucky. See, like now it's closed. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, I'm already in front of Hofsfeder's wheel here. Whereas if I was behind him, there would be nowhere for me to go. Whereas the right's still open. Because... Just quick, just quickly, I just want to point out how, like, how drastically that situation changes in point two of a second. 
Yeah. And like you're talking about these decisions you got to make on the fly and just how quickly the scenario changes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Then, yeah, see, I'm, you can see here I'm really close to the barrier. Like your right leg is almost clipping the barrier, although they are angled like away from I, the road, aren't they? I um, I looked down at one point when I was like, yeah, when I was sprinting, and obviously your tire's going like side to side like this. And uh, I think my tire was about a centimeter away from the barrier when it was like angled towards the barrier. And you see, like, if you play here, you see me like hesitate a little bit because I almost run into barrier. But also, yeah. well, at this point, like, what you're thinking? I got to hit that gap left. Like, this is the run home. Yeah, because Bennett's on the barrier. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get through that now. But I'm coming now with a so lot much of pace. <laughs> a lot of speed that when you see the, the open space on the left, it's just like an obvious, I'm going left. So I'm coming through real real quick. Did you have to back off the gas to make this? Work? A little bit a little bit there, but not, not much, like half a pedal stroke maybe. But now from there, basically I knew I had one because I, could, I, I can feel how much quicker I'm going than the rest of the guys like you feel like you can you can judge how much quicker you're going so i knew like all right i got through that gap now and all i need to do is just unless he's going to accelerate a lot more but i already know he's sprinting full gas and if i'm coming like three or four k now quicker then you can judge like all right he's going this quick i'm going this quick and the finish is there that i'm going to come past him mm. and then this happens whoosh Yeah. How good's that? Nice. Nice. Good happy, to get happy, happy, happy to get a win early on, to be honest. It's usually oh, like here no last year in the tour last year. It was just like I kept missing opportunities. And the more, the, the longer you leave it, it's like the more pressure you have on you to, to do it. And I, I got to this, this stage last year where, we were in the first rest day and I hadn't won anything yet. And it was like for oh, stressful. Pressure builds. Yeah. I mean, it's still, you have, you still have the, like, I still, I got, I know I've got two sprints coming up and there's still a lot of pressure on me to, to do it. But it's like, uh, it's like a nice thought knowing that, all right, whatever happens now in the tour, whether I win again or not, it's still, I mean, winning a Tour de France stage makes you a year. If you don't win any race in a year and you win one Tour de France stage, you've had a good year. So yeah. obviously I want to win more. Um, but in the end, it's, yeah, if I don't win again, it's not going to be a disappointing tour. Whereas if I didn't have one now, there's so much pressure just to get that first one just to, yeah. It's like if, if you don't win as a team in the, in the tour, it's like a big disappointment. Hmm. So what, hap what happens like two hours like so you win cross the line what's like what's the two hours like after it is it just full on like what are you doing um so first you go behind the podium you do flash interview then you go into the changing room kind of thing behind the podium you get all your new kit on then you go out go on the podium come back off and then you do, then you go to like the, um, 
like the media room kind of thing. Um, they have like a, it's like what you said with the, before with like the F1 media where they have a camera and then, yeah, they're all the, all the journalists in another room. So you do that one. And I think that's for all the journalists that yeah write the stories. Um, so it's like on a zoom call kind of thing. And then that's, yeah, that's like the press conference. And then from there you go to all the TV interviews, then you do all the TV interviews and then there, from there you go to drug testing, then you do your drug testing. And then that's basically it for the, for, yeah. The Protocol. Part. And then, yeah, then you go to the hotel. So the team um, bus is gone and you've just got to jump in a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, team bus is gone by then. Because that's probably all up like a, at least an hour, a bit over an hour. Wow. Um, to do all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, then you go to go to your hotel. So imagine having like a jersey, like having the green jersey or the yellow jersey for like two weeks, like yeah. doing that protocol after every, every stage must be yeah, so yeah. hard. Yeah. That's why a lot of the GC riders, they don't want the yellow jersey so early. Um, like I was speaking to a guy from Jumbo, I think yesterday or two days ago, and uh, he was saying, yeah, we hope that Yates holds the jersey for a lot longer. So then, yeah, Primoz is not in yellow yet. But, yeah, now he's in yellow. So, yeah, he has to go through it, and it's super tiring, like, every day if you if you do that. Um, yeah. You know, when you win a stage, it's fine because, you know, you're, like, pumped that you won a stage. But if it's just, like, not just, but, like, yeah, if you're going getting the yellow jersey every day and you have to go through all that and all the interviews and super tiring. How's it? Uh, how's the overall experience compared to last year? Like, do you it's notice not, big differences, or is yeah. it just kind of you're just in the bubble? It's not as good. It's like the Tour de France is made by the atmosphere around it. Like, there's like thousands of people. It's just like everything's just way bigger than normal. Whereas now it's just like people are kind of like the public's held back a little bit, and um, you know, it's not. It's not in school holidays either. So, like in the weekdays, that you know, people are at work and stuff. So, just like the the feeling of it is not, it doesn't feel like Tour de France. Like last year, like it really felt like, you know, it's just like crazy. There's so many people, and you really felt like the enormity of the event. But now this year, it's just it doesn't feel as big. You can mm. tell that from the TV. Like there's just not as many people around, obviously because of coronavirus. But like you said like not being school holidays, not being summer. Mm. Um, I already noticed a massive difference from racing in the weekdays to the weekend. Like the last two days has been way more people than than usual. Too many people? <laughs> the parasword? <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what the rules are because I thought before the start of the tour, they said they're going to close off all the, uh, all the climbs and that definitely hasn't happened. Um but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, like we're all trying to stay safe, and um, it's pretty disappointing when you see like guys on the side of the road with no masks on, and you know if everyone just did their bit to yeah keep themselves safe, keep the people around them safe, and keep us safe, then um, it'll be a bit better. But you know, I mean, I think like ninety percent of the people are, are doing the right thing and and having their mask and keeping their distance, but. Yeah, when it's so crowded at the top of the mountain, 
you can't be like a meter apart and like people aren't a meter apart. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just the so, way. See, so it's rest day today. You've been tested this morning. Yeah. And then you get, how long does it take you to get your results back? I think we're going to get them back tonight. So you'll know if your team has a positive case um, tonight. And then, uh, and then I think they're doing a press release tomorrow morning with like, they're announcing all of the results. The hit list. Yeah. <laughs> You're, so, going uh, yeah. You're going home. You're going home. You're going home. I'm interested to see like, yeah, what's going to happen. And, and, and is this is this a list of like, this is not just writers. This is mechanics, swannies, DSs, everyone. Everyone that follows the Tour de France, like a couple thousand people. Wow. It's like, yeah, everyone, the people that do the commentating, the people that are on like the start line bloody blowing the gun and like we're basically like everyone that follows the Tour de France who is involved in the Tour de France is at the race. They were tested and then they're supposed to go into their Tour de France bubble and then that's it. Like they don't make contact with the public, which I still don't really understand because then we go to hotels and there's public in the hotels and things like that. But um, I mean, they're doing, yeah, obviously there's only so much you can do. Um, So I think they're doing doing what they can, but um, yeah, it's pretty annoying. Like now we... Usually on the on the rest days, um, you know your families will come visit you, and because it's a long time away, so basically by the time you go to the tour tour like four days before it starts, and the whole tour de France is like a month away, so uh, rest days usually the, your families come and you see your family, and um, that's always nice. But yeah, now with the situation, we can't uh, can't see families or anything, so that's quite hard. Mm. What are you doing on the rest day then? Like if there's none of that, I'm guessing like there's no media allowed into the team hotel and stuff either. Like just a super relaxed day. Yeah, pretty much like a road for 40 minutes this morning. I had to see like on a rest day, I'd like to sleep in um, where we had uh, a coronavirus test this morning. So I couldn't sleep in. What time was that? Well, actually after when I was saying that, I was like, people are going to be like, what the hell that is. But, I did set my alarm at nine o'clock. So yes, it's it is a sleep in, but like we got we got back in the hotel like midnight last night. So by the time you actually get to sleep and everything, it's like yeah, one in the morning. So um, yeah, I would just like usually I just not set an alarm and just sleep as long as possible. Um, then get up and go for a ride. But yeah, now we had to do coronavirus test. So I just woke up like ten minutes before we had to leave. Got clothes on, left, did my test, got back, had some breakfast, and then we went for like a 40-minute ride. Um, and then, yeah, now I'm speaking to you guys. And everyone's got their own room this year. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Good or bad? You enjoying it? Your own space? Um, yeah. I. Well, so I when I'm under pressure, like when I'm on a sprint stage or something, I like to be by myself because – like, yeah, I'm under a lot of pressure. I don't want to really talk to anyone. I just want to, like, process it myself. Um, so I like to have my own room. But, yeah, on days, but, but, yeah, it's not not too stressful for us. 
like mountain days and stuff and yeah sometimes it's nice to, to have a roommate but yeah yeah overall if i could choose i'd, I'd room by myself is you just do things at your own pace you go to bed when you want to go to bed and um yeah you don't have to think about yeah, anyone else you just do do what you want um, we've talked about this several times haven't we alex this whole solo yeah. room on tour thing i think there's a lot in it like what do you think yes uh, i for sure i think you should have your own room if you want it like yeah. you were saying some people might want to have the company but you know just using the bathroom when you want going to bed when, when you want putting stuff like over two beds just like yeah you know just feeling relaxed yeah um like for three I weeks well. i won't say who it was but like I remember rooming with someone and I got out of the shower and I was, it was like the room was just black and he was sleeping. <laughs> he just killed the light. I hadn't even got ready for bed yet. And then like trying to like walk around with your torch, like trying to look for your pajamas oh. and stuff. And it's just that you don't have any of that, you know. But like I usually, when I'm here, I, I will room with um, Jasper and we get on really well. So um, when you room with someone for, for a long time, like we room together pretty much every race. So like we all know yeah, each other's routines. That's different. Like, yeah, we kind of, if you know. we both know like, yeah, we both go to sleep around like 11 o'clock and then, yeah, we wake up around the same time. Um, but, you know, some guys like to go to bed at like 9 o'clock and then other guys like to go to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, then it's just easier to room by yourself. I know like Ineos, they always room um, by themselves. Mm. That big budget coming in. Yeah, because they have to like book another hotel for all their staff because you, know, you get to usually the tour, you get yeah, enough rooms that everyone has to share a room. So, you know, if there's like, yeah, 30 guys on the team, then there's 15 rooms to share. Whereas, don't D, doesn't the DS get their own room? Aren't they like the Kings? They get their own room. Yeah, DS and Doctor, I think. But your GC rider or your key sprinters, like boxing with some guy who's hitting the showers at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, got to be on, got to be by yourself to make sure those WhatsApp schedules get out on time. That's the other thing, actually. It's like sometimes you might miss something in the schedule. And when you have a roommate, there's like at least one of you has like seen that. Whereas yeah. when you have yourself, I mean, a few times we've been waiting on the bus now and like, hey, where is this guy? They just missed something on the schedule. What are we talking about next, Albie? Uh, stage seven? Crossing day? Do we, do, well, do we want to touch on stage the stage five sprint a little bit just quickly? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Sprint, yeah. Caleb, how did you find that one? That was the one with the uphill in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit of an uphill, tw- twisty, little bit technical finish. Yeah. Um, it was one of those days where we were sprinting on this road. And I was like, you sprint on any road in France and it's just picked like some back road that's full of like holes that have been patched up. And <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But anyway, that sprint, well, I was too far back anyway, so it wasn't going to make a difference. But um, yeah, we basically went up a climb and my lead admin's always conscious of making sure I don't do a massive effort before the finish. Like before, like in that like last kind of two k's, he knows if he puts me into the red, then then yeah, I'm going to struggle sprinting. So we're going up this climb and like we we're being overtaken a bit, but he didn't want to really accelerate. Then we came from two lanes to one lane, 
coming to kilometers ago. So we're too far back and there was no room for us pretty much. Like, basically, there's no room for us to move up there. Um, then it was kind of like panic once we got to a K to go because, yeah, we had to move up. I think we were, oh, it was super far back, like 25th or 30th wheel, I think. Um, then we had to do a massive effort to get back to the front, kind of back into where you need to be for contention. And then even then, I was still too far back for that finish because it was kind of like a tailwind fast finish. Um, and then, yeah. I just, I'd used up too much energy already before I, before I tried to start sprinting and we were already too far back. Um, and I started sprinting on that bumpy road and I just started like skidding out and just bad day. It's always super frustrating because you get to the, especially in a tool like this where you know there's not that many opportunities and um, it's just like a, an opportunity wasted. Mm. Sunweb got organized, didn't they? Like that was one of the rare times where like yeah, they, three they, guys left from 500 meters. Yeah, that is super good job. If you're too far back, there's no way you're getting to the front when it's got to let out like that. I don't know how, how he didn't win from there, but. <laughs> um, um, you know why he didn't win? Because there's this madman called Wood Van Art who's just tearing the peloton to shreds. It's unbelievable. This guy's out of control, man. He's so good. Is he the I, talk of the town? Yeah. Guys like that, it's it's so hard to describe how good they are to someone that's watching it on TV because no one realizes, like, how hard. Like, even I'm, like, the first guy to get dropped in the climb and the bunch is just, like, full, just, like, still, like, a big bunch going up the climb. And it looks like we're all just, like, cruising up. Mm. We're going so hard. Like, out of every <laughs> head, it's, like, 450 watts trying to hold the wheel. And just like everyone's just sitting there. But then while wow, it's there, like 20 guys to go, like 20 guys left in the bunch, like pulling on the front. And then the next day he's winning a sprint. Yeah. It's, like, it's unbelievable. It's like, it's same. I mean, same or better than what Sagan used to be like. Um, Based off, I mean, Sagan has done it for like many years, but what Van Art is doing is like, at a higher level, especially like in the on the climbing front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I never had to work for a, for a, like a GC rider like that's in contention to win the tour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, chapeau to him. It's impressive what he's done. Maybe Grunewagen might get the ass. They're like, no, we don't need you. We'll just have Welt for the sprints, and we can have him pulling in the mountains as well. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting um, off the books. Yeah. I mean, like he's probably not not too much. He's probably not not much slower than uh, Grudewagen, but can climb a hundred times better. So, yeah. Stage seven, Caleb. We what are happened? we didn't we didn't get pictures till like. Well, it wasn't that delayed to be fair, but it was in relative sense of what had happened in the race. Like, what was it like at the start, and then just run us through that first twenty clicks, and the whole stage, and then the rest. <laughs> Um, again, I wasn't climbing so good. So we had like, we started on a climb that was like quite hard, good launching pad for a strong break. Three guys went away. It was solid. Like, again, it's like in the bunch doing like 450 watts, like trying to hang on, drifting back to a little bit. How's everyone still here? (laughs) Yeah. Everyone besides you like. So, but like, what what actually are you? So 
on so for like this, you've got a cat three out of the blocks, like three k. How what? How much wattage are you actually doing? Four fifty, mate. Four fifty. I was doing four fifty, and I was like, all right. So all right, no. So we started on a, a non-categorized climb. Three guys yeah. went away, and I was like, thank God, because I was like, this start. <laughs> yeah, big strong group want to go away. Then we're gonna have to start riding. So I was like, three guys, perfect. And I'd already lost some positions because it was hard on the, the first uncategorized climb. Then we went down this fast descent. So it was like, couldn't move up really. And like everyone still wanted to be at the front. So it was just sketchy. And I was like, oh, whatever. I'm sitting pretty close to the back. Probably shouldn't be there. But I was like, yeah, brakes gone. No stress. And then we got to this categorized climb. And uh, Bora, I heard on the radio, like Bora is starting to pull. And I was like, oh. It's not good. I was already kind of like near the back of the bunch already. Um, And I was like, all right. I think the climb was like 3K. In the first K, I was was doing like, yeah, 450, 470. And uh, I was like, "Hmm, I can't hold this for 3K. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to ease it up a bit. Go at a tempo that I know I can maybe hold for 3K. So I went back down to like... 420, which is still like for a 68 kilo guy. It's like it's it's still crazy. hooking. <laughs> the bunch is just riding away, and I was like, "Like I can't even go any harder." Like I've got. Do you have no any guys with you at this stage? Hey, do you have any any other guys with you, or are you by yourself? Yeah, I see Roger also coming back through the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna sit on him, and then he's good at pacing, and then pace it. That, then they just didn't stop from there to the finish. It was ridiculous. And all my guys like stopping and waiting for me, trying to come back, and then yeah. Like from a from a TV point of view, it was one of the most exciting stages I've seen for yeah. for several years. Besides, like a mountain stage, of course. But at what point were you like, it's all it's all done. Like this is going to be a really long day. Well, see, we thought maybe Bora was just pulling full gas to sprint. Sprint and we're like, yeah. all right, we'll keep the pressure on. We we're already four minutes behind by then. Then I was already like, all right, probably not going to come back. Had like C's bowl come up to me and like, hey, you guys need to start rolling because yeah, we're not going to get them back. And I was like, hey, mate, they're going to back. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter how hard you ride, <laughs> we're, not, we're not coming back. We have like a 15k climb coming up, and we're definitely not going to come back on that. Um, and then it's basically downhill to the finish. So, um, yeah, lost hope. But then the other problem was time cut was 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, we got dropped 155k to go, a bunch going full gas. So we're like, all right. So it wasn't like once we uh, realized that we weren't coming back that we could just sit up. It was like in the bunch as well. I mean, in, in our group as well, like four or five minutes behind, we're going full gas as well, like swapping off. Like it was super hard. I think that's what people don't understand. It's like, ah, oh, you get dropped, you just cruise in. But when the bunch is doing like 60K an hour and there's still 150K to go, like you guys are chopping off yeah. all day just to make time cut. Yeah. It's so annoying. It's like, you know, you're going so hard and it's just like, you know, you're just going so hard to, to make it. You're not – it's easy to go hard when you're going for the win. When you, At what – how many k's to go did you guys like? No, all right, we're gonna make it. 
inside the cut, like we can back it off, or there was none of that. It was like we're chopping off all the way to the finish. It was like chopping off all the way to finish. <laughs> with uh, with like thirty k to go, like in the front guys, I think Kwiatkowski split it up. They must have been doing like seventy k an hour. Do you remember that section of road? You come, you came out of that town. A few yeah, roundabouts. Well. The Grupetto split in yeah. the crosswinds. Yeah, <laughs> we were in the front echelon. I think I was, yeah. Do you know how fast you guys were doing there? Because on TV, the 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 front group was yeah. like, mate, they were going so quick, it was ridiculous. We were rolling through like maybe like eighty percent, not rolling through like hundred percent that we were trying to split the group head out. We were already going. <laughs> it, was, it was a real like cross, more, I mean more like tailwind than crosswind. But see, the yeah. problem is like a lot of the climbers they can't do like four hundred watts on the flat. Yeah. So as soon as you go 65, 70K an hour, like they're just holding the wheel. And then it's, like if there's like a tiny bit of crossing, they're just gone. So it wasn't like proper crosswinds. Like I was super surprised after I felt it and then saw what happened in the finish that it splits so much. Um, but it was really, like really, really fast. Like we were doing like 65K an hour in group header. And that wasn't like pulling full gas either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I can imagine a bunch, like, before the stage, I asked for a 55 because it was going to be super quick. Did you get it on? And I didn't get it on in the end. I asked oh, that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it just keeps getting harder and harder, like, into the next day, three, two cat ones and a horse cat, like. What's it like, like sure. mentally, like, knowing that, like, I'm going to be one of the first guys dropped. I've got to ride hard all day just to make time cut. Like that's impressive that's to like. That's good when you know, like it's when you don't expect it, that it's the hardest when you're like, all right, I'm going to be in a, like a big group and there's probably 20 guys dropped before me and um, no stress. But I know like, all right, I'm probably going to be first guy dropped here or one of the first guys dropped. Um, and I'm just mentally unprepared for it. I'm mentally unprepared, like for a hundred Ks in Gruppetto. When I was younger, it was a bit harder when I was like first term pro Gruppetto really like, oh, how do I explain it? Like I really did not like You'd never been dropped before? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're not used to, yeah, you're not used to being dropped and going like so hard 20 minutes behind the bunch because it's like a diff, it's, your mentality is different when you're going super hard to finish a race than if you're going super hard to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now, now I'm used to being group header. I'm used to being first drops. Um, I should be climbing better as the tool goes on. Like last year I was the same. I was like worst climber at the start. And then as the tool went on, I think my best climbing day was stage 20. So I'm hoping for better legs coming up. And I think that's something I miss with that. Like, because we haven't done so much racing is just like kind of like that resilience to like keep, keep pushing on the climbs and everything. Um, you know, I could train like my speed and everything and that's fine. But when it gets to the mountain days where you're like pushing a lot for an hour and then descend another hour or like half an hour or 45 minutes, just like that pushing like all day, I think I miss that. So I think after a few mountain stages, hopefully I'll get stronger or I'll get worse. And then it's going to be bad. But, um, who knows? I'm hoping for better legs in the, in the next few days. 
So, so you've done enough grand tours now that you're confident that like this is like I'm I'm going to get better. I'm it's, there's not like oh I'm going to get through this. It's like I'm I'm going to get stronger as I go on and I'm going to be better at the back end. Yeah, I should be like last year for example in the tour basically from this rest day on I won my three stages. I was climbing way better than I was in the first part. So um I'm hoping for the same but like you know if you come to the tour like a little bit underdone then it can go the other way. Like you could just be going so hard and getting so much more tired that you start to go worse. Or if you come in at a good level, this is kind of like just making you stronger and stronger. And as the tool goes on, you get better and better. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping that I'll be better in the, yeah, in the next few weeks. What was the start of yesterday's stage? Like, cause it took like the break didn't really go to like the first major climb. Was that like filthy first hour and a half, like super yeah. fast. Till the first climb, I think I had like 350 normalized power. Because you know that you like, you had to stay on. Yeah. Like if you get dropped, that climb, if you get dropped like, there. Like, if I get dropped there, then I'm. Man, you and, you and Fabio sure. could have been doing yeah. it. Yeah. Chopping tears with Fabio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the what? rest of it, like, so yeah, it's just like, you know, sometimes you know, like, all right, I have to stay on now. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not making it. Um, what, what was Fabio doing yesterday, bro? You could have been two up with him. I was in front of him. That's what I'm saying. You could have been back there with him if you wanted to. Well, he pulled out. So luckily I wasn't. Um, what was he doing? Man, the start was hard. <laughs> he, really hard. He's, won a, he's won a grand tour. <laughs> you know, when it starts hard, it's, it's hard. No, yeah. no, bro. Sometimes you get a bad day, but geez, that's, that's a shocker. Yeah, climbers when they they struggle a bit, then they uh, they don't they don't like being dropped a hundred k's ago. So that's what I mean. Like he knew, well, I mean he didn't know, but like mentally, he yeah. wasn't ready to be dropped with a hundred k's ago. I knew I was dropped to the, gonna be dropped with a hundred k's ago, and that's it. I'll deal with it. Whereas when he's dropped with a hundred k's ago by himself, he's just like, oh my god, my life's ending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, doing the tour now. Um, because, yeah, you see, when GC guys are in group header, a lot of the time they uh, they just pull the pin when they're having a really bad day. But we're used to, as sprinters and, like, I don't know, bigger guys, we're just used to being having bad days all the time. So, yeah. Well, are you I hanging out? There yeah. could, could be something wrong there. I just – I actually don't know. But, um, who who- – who are you hanging out with in the bunch this year? Because there's only you and Richie, the Australians, and there's a couple of Kiwi boys, but obviously they've had some pretty important jobs to do uh, this first week. Who have you been chilling out with in the bunch? Well, there's been no time for that sort of caper. He's just been chopping got... turns for the last nine days. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been so much with that, but like, so like my main, so you have like a training group in Monaco, which is like myself, Sam Bennett. Uh, Balgren and Luke Rowe. Yeah. Usually when we're around each other, we'll chat. It's not so much time for chatting. <laughs> it's the Tour de France. Yeah. It's, it's the tour. Chat and group a little bit, maybe. Besides that. So you're feeling good after you've got through the last three days, especially. Like, all right, that's done. Yeah. Rest day, into a couple of sprint stages. Like, what, what yeah. do you do? If, mentally to get ready for the next two 
I get nervous. I'm nervous for spring. Like, are you nervous now? Oh, yeah, are you, yeah, are you nervous now? Like, are you already thinking about tomorrow? Yeah. What are, thinking, what, are you, yeah, what, are, what are you thinking about? Every possible scenario. Yeah. Like the first stage in Nice, I would have run through that finish in my mind like a thousand times. And obviously it never goes the way that you think it will, but um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I shouldn't think about it too much and then it might be all right, but it's stressful, you know, like, your whole team's like, like I feel the pressure is like really like the whole team is here. It's like to help me win. And like I have to deliver for them. And it's uh, a lot of pressure. You know, like they're helping you get through all the mountain stages. And yeah. You know, when you like, you look out the window and it's just like, you know, your bus and your trucks and all these vehicles and like big organization and it's literally here to make sure you win like you have to deliver for like all of them as no doubt it's it's big business yeah have you have you noticed that change over kind of the last five years say okay do, do you does it does your yeah are you more stressed is is the do you feel the pressure more or are you getting yeah. better at it the change I notice is like when you first turn pro, like for example, when I won my Volta stage in the O Pro, like it was unexpected. So it was like pure joy that you've won it and like no one expected it. And it's like you've done something really good. Whereas now when I go to a race, it's like not just joy, it's like thank God I've won now. Like it's just a whole lot of uh, relief um, that you've won. And you know, like the, in the end, like the team, they they don't they don't put pressure on you, but and they say they don't put pressure on you, but it's just it's just there because you know, like at the end of the day, like what I said, like they're here to to make sure you win. So uh, yeah, you feel the pressure anyway. Mm. Just 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 try and think that guys like Primoz are like got that stress every day. <laughs> Yeah, like they cannot have a bad day yeah. every oh, day. Crazy, yeah, yeah. Like, no thanks. Yeah, one bad day and yeah, your whole things, whole things over. So, yeah, guys, we're gonna have to wrap this up pretty quick because I'm 18 minutes late to lunch already. So, uh, yeah, well, that's an hour. We've chatted for an hour. Cool. So uh, we can let you go to lunch. Thanks for coming on. I don't chat. think there will be crosswinds tomorrow and the next day, unfortunately for you guys. It's fortunate for me because I don't really like crosswinds. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. Like looking at the, the map, it's like right on the sea. Like I was worried about like, that. Was, that was something I was really worried about. But I was looking at the weather. It shouldn't be too much. But you never know. At the tour, like it only takes like 5K an hour wind. And, yeah. Do you feel do you feel safe, like confident? Oh, like, he's yeah. copping it from the he's copping it from the DS. Yeah. All right, you gotta go. Roger just messaged me and said my tuna salad's going cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Good, see you, mate. Good luck tomorrow, bro. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for the chat. Talk yeah, to you later. Around. Yeah, maybe next rest of the day. We'll do yeah. the same. Welcome. Age wins. Hopefully. Hopefully the tour is going ahead. We can do the uh, yeah. Good luck for your test. Thank you.
Uh, see you, mate. All right, catch it, fellas. Bye. 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 Bye.